It's NFL playoff time, and that means that the fantasy football season, for the most part, has ended. Now, I'm sure some of you are going to be in uh, playoff leagues. Those are obviously very fun. We'll talk about all the games. But I'll run up the score. You know what we like to do. We like to talk about the players that mattered most at their positions and what got them there and what their prospects looked like going into next year. Today, we're going to double up, and we're going to do that with tight ends and quarterbacks. And hopefully by the time this airs, the Browns might actually have a team that they can field to play some football. Let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Run Up the Score. It's Donald here with Scott and Tom. Hey, everybody. Gentlemen, the long run. It just doesn't feel long, but it's a a run. It's over. The fantasy football season, for the most part, has ended. Week 17 was nice. I didn't do anything. And like yeah. Vandals or really made a couple bets that didn't hit, I think. But, mm-hmm. you know, that, that happens every Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hit one, which is like the first one I hit in like a month and a half. But when you bet small amounts, you lose small amounts, but you can win a lot. So, hey. Keep you going for a little bit longer. Yeah. Just keep me just keep me from pulling that money I'll out of my account. Bet. So, he just probably didn't even watch the inside. Me? Or did you say yeah. Don? Um, I watched. I watched passively. I'll tell you that. I usually watch mm-hmm. aggressively, so I watched passively. Yeah, and it was nice, right? It was nice to have that week. This is my favorite part of of the off season or the postseason episodes. Tom, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> Don't care. Absolutely, <laughs> a tradition unlike any other. The only thing that me and Tom care about in Super Bowl and winning is a profit pool thing, which I am hard at work on it. And I gotta say. This might be our best one yet. We need a doozy, Don. Yeah. We need a good one. It's, uh, let's just say that the bets have been categorized. They have been organized properly. So it's, there's going to be a, ni- a real nice flow to the questions. You're going to answer certain questions in certain categories, move on to the next category. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. Good. Okay. Is Russell, but, Wilson, Russell Wilson, is Russell Westbrook playing on Super Bowl day? Uh, I have that's the one thing I haven't looked at yet because for those bets, like you have to have, I mean, it, yeah, if Russell Westbrook's playing, it's going to be Russell Westbrook points, assists, and rebounds against or points in the game. Or something like that. I think last year it was Jimmy G completions, um, Mahomes completions, or Russell Westbrook points, rebounds, assists. Right. And that's yeah. going to be that's going to be something like that. He's been so not more Jimmy Super Bowl prop bet pools than any one player. Probably more than Tom Brady, even though Tom Brady <laughs> way more than Brady. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe Brady will make it this year. Yeah. We gotta put Brady in. I'll put Brady and uh Westbrook together somehow for that <laughs> for sure. You have my word. All right, but like we said in the cold open, it's time to look back at the fantasy regular season. And uh we're gonna do that position by position. We've got quarterbacks and tight ends this week. We're going to do running backs and wide receivers in the divisional and conference round. Haven't decided which when we're going to do which position. We like to keep you guys guessing. I haven't decided if we like running backs or wide receivers more yet. But yeah. everybody knows that we like tight ends and quarterbacks much less. So we get them out of the way. That's right. And that's it. It's that's nothing. Right. We ripped the band-aid yeah. off right away. The playoff games aren't even that good this week. You got an 8-8 eight eight team and a 7-9 and nine team playing this week. Let's get them out. Yep. Then we'll have more time to talk about the games or not. Who cares? No, we'll be able to talk about the running yes. backs and wide receivers. 
it so much. Yes. We'll talk about them for, for longer, which will be good. But uh, like you said, let's get into these tight ends. Yeah, we'll man. start with uh, the honorable mentions. Uh, and George Kittle, Ferris mentioning here, he finishes as tight end 20, but on a point-per-game basis. He was tight end three. This is half point PPR. We did all our scoring on, as you guys have become accustomed to here. On and the I podcast. think it's important to note because this was your idea. We only tracked weeks one through sixteen. Yeah. So week seventeen statistics are not coming into play for this at all. Why is that, Tom? It doesn't matter, and we don't care. That's right. right. That's right. It does not matter, and we do not care about it. So we only did one through sixteen. It changes up the rankings a little bit, which is why two other honorable mentions are Noah Fant and Hayden Hurst who would have moved into the top 12 in week 17 over uh, some of the guys that we're about to bring up. But because of the way that we decided to do it, and I think that's the better way, uh, unfortunately, you're going to see, like, you know, all those little screenshots of all the rankings listed out. They're going to show you 17 weeks, and we play a 16-week game. Yeah. yeah because you absolutely like, should be deciding the championship in week 17. It's a little dishonest statistically to not do it this way, you know, because you're just – giving somebody an extra game like Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, he would have went nuts probably in week right. 17 had he played. He could have finished as like the overall WR, like probably one or two. So depending on, you know, how big of a game he had. So it's a good point we bring this up because I was like, oh man, like Travis Kelsey finished 40 points ahead of Darren Waller. Obviously we all know Travis Kelsey number one. Sorry, we spoiled the list for you at the end. But I was ahead like, of him, by the way. Yes. Well, no, it's, it was 40 if you looked at week 17. So I was like, man, Darren Waller really came on strong at the end of the year. But he had a, he went off in week 17, which doesn't matter. Yeah, 20 in week 17 and yeah. Kelsey didn't play. Yeah, so like the exact disparity that Tom is trying. And Kelsey played against the Chargers, who he would have thrashed. As he, and so as he does to every team. Exactly. So that's the point we're trying to make here. So like, like Scott said, Kittle on a points-per-game basis, had he maintained his 13 half-point PPR fantasy points per game, he would have finished his tight end four. That's a huge play for him. Obviously, a very interesting guy going into drafts next year because I think I think it's quite possible and probably probable yeah. that Darren Waller gets drafted ahead of George Kittle. I was just about to pose the question to Tom RT, expert. These are a little too upper echelon tight ends for Tom, but uh, we'll still go to him anyway. Who are you taking next year, Tom, today, George Kittle or Darren Waller? Kittle. I completely agree. Yeah, I think so too. I'll go with the guy who uh, set the yardage record. I think it was three years ago over the guy who had 98 catches and barely scraped over a thousand yards. And, and that's Waller. Kittle had, you know, he battled battled injuries. He didn't play a lot this year, but like you said, he was still tight in three on yeah. points per game basis. If he gets any consistency at the quarterback position, you can see him having another monster. Situation. Absolutely. All right, uh, we can get to the countdown, right? We talked about uh, Ebron and Hunter Henry, or no? Um, well, no, I was okay. going to. I was going to sneak in a Kittle thing here just to give him some credit. Go ahead, Tom. Go uh, ahead. You want to talk? You know, half point PPR, or whatever scoring format, big games. You know, uh, Darren Waller had his fair share, right? Kittle yes. played about half the season that he did, but he still had a 15 catch game for 183 yards and a touchdown. So you that know, was... like that's just like one of the Darren Waller games, right? But Kittle just didn't get as many opportunities. So it's not like right. uh, Darren Waller is the only guy who can catch 15 passes. Kittle is squarely in that conversation as well. So I, that's why I go with Kittle. I didn't speak I too that. much because I was trying to pull up the the stat line from that game. Good job. That's a gr- I mean, I as soon as you said it, I remember that game. It was a Sunday night game against the Eagles. We were playing against Kittle in that game. 
uh, in the ruts to QB league. And I was like, they're just not going to cover him. Yeah. We're going to lose, aren't we? And they didn't, but I think we squeaked that one out. Yeah, Thank I, God. I think we might have scraped, scraped by in that one. But, All right. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where Kittle uh, ends up going next year. Yeah. Eric Ebron comes in as tight end 12, 7.6 fantasy points per game. He played in all 15 games between weeks one and 16. The big problem with me with Eric Ebron, and that's why he's completely off my radar unless I'm streaming next year in drafts, is five touchdowns. We know there's a ton of mouths to feed. Chase Claypool obviously proved to be a big red zone threat. They do a lot of creative things with him. But, you know, you draft Eric Ebron or you stream Eric Ebron, you're hoping he scores a touchdown. And the good thing for us is – when we picked him or when we identified him as a possible streamer, those were the weeks he scored. So or at least had a good amount of receptions. Yeah. There were some games, and obviously everybody listening up to this point in the year knows how disgusting tight end can get at times. And there were games, you know, where you're seeing Eric Ebron getting, you know, you know three or four straight games with at least four catches. And yeah. Like, okay. He had a floor, I think, that was sustainable all year. You're right. He didn't have the big touchdown number. But, I mean, I don't think you could expect that at this point in his career, and that's why he's a streamer. Yeah. Uh, Noah Fan had a higher points per game average than Eric Ebron. Fan obviously known to miss some time, so that'll probably take him off of people's radars going to the drafts next year. Fan over Ebron every time. 100%. Absolutely. Younger, every more potential. Time. I would I bet <laughs> so much money on that right now, especially if Ebron stays in Steelers. <laughs> You think about uh, when we got excited for guys like Vance McDonald and, you know, if you ever tried to play Heath wow. Miller back in the day, the system is still the yeah. system. It's still the same people all over that organization. Tight end never really yeah. been fantasy relevant from that uh, from that team. It's funny you say the system is a system. That actually sounds like a Mike Tomlin quote, Tom. So that was very, <laughs> that was very well done. Nice touch. Coming in at number 11, Hunter Henry. He played in 14 out of a possible 15 games. 8.2 average, four touchdowns. The dude had 60 catches on 93 targets for 613 yards. A floor guy for sure. Yeah. This is not what we were hoping for out of him, though. And, you know, this is a guy that I actually had in one of my leagues. I cut him a long time ago. Yeah. You know? And he finishes as tight end 11. That's just goes to show you how – I mean, that was a standard league, though. So, I guess in a half PPR league, catching 60 balls as a tight end really does bump your value. And I mm-hmm. guess that's how he sneaks into there. I'm sure in standard he was much lower. Than yeah. For sure. But uh, he's a free agent in 2021. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy's a player. I mean, he gets hurt all the time. But when he does play, he is very effective. So, if he goes to, a, you know, New England Patriots or a team that really likes to use the tight end, although the Patriots did draft a couple tight ends last year, yep. um, it would be interesting to see if he could go to somewhere where they actually use the tight end uh, a little more efficiently. Asi Asi scored his first touchdown in week 17. Obviously, obviously that, among other things, disqualified him from being included in our top 12 tight ends of 2020. (laughs) Hunter Henry's a guy with top five upside in the right spot. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Graham comes in. He played all 15 games in the fantasy football season. What is that? 48 catches for 451 yards, so less than 10 yards a catch. The reason he is here, obviously, what Jimmy Graham has always done, eight touchdowns. Eight touchdowns. So, I mean, he was, I think, tied for second or third. He tied for third uh, with a couple other tight ends who we're going to talk about uh, a little later on. In this he, he's a classic guy who finishes tight end. I mean, it's just so boomer bust. You know, he was obviously, like Don, Don so eloquently pointed out, averaged less than 10 yards per reception and had less than 50 catches on the season. So this was a complete touchdown play every time. Like another guy who flashed like some relevance in the middle of the year. Like he was a lot mm-hmm. like Eric Ebron. 
and then uh, just kind of tacked it on at the end of the season. I believe he had a huge game against the Jags in Week 16. That he did. He had two touchdowns in that game. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm surprised. We didn't. <laughs> what? Sorry. Uh, were you talking Cole Kmet at the end right there? No, uh, no transition. That's a good point, though, because Cole Kmet yeah. did come on pretty strong at the end of the year. Obviously, a guy that they invested, I think, a third-round pick into. Yeah. I'm so he'll be a factor in Chicago. They definitely gave him a uh, a whole heap load of targets. And sorry about that. I got a uh, distracting uh, distracting message over here. But I'm in the game. Oh, I'm back in the game. This is tight end Crapsville. This is where I live and die. So let's yeah. go. Yeah, these well, guys are actually a little too high ranked for you. No, <laughs> no I don't no, know. No, no. Next on to Johnny Watch, I think. That's yeah, we are. So, Tom, <laughs> let's talk about your guy, Johnny Smith. Eight touchdowns, same as Jimmy Graham. Uh, played in 14 games. Had a higher point per game average than a couple of guys in the top 10. Uh, but with Johnny, we know that there is such a limit to uh actually he had nine combined touchdowns forgot that johnny smith had a rushing touchdown this year yeah you love to see a tight end with a rushing attempt let alone a rushing touchdown um as long as johnny doesn't go you know like six seven eighth round maybe i could be convinced in the eighth but you know you know me i actually wouldn't do it um i think he could be good value after that uh i think he's a lock to be a top 10 tight end and i think he gets it done in a lot of ways so We'll see what happens. I, I believe Corey Davis, free agent. Correct me if I'm wrong, Scott. Yes, yes, sir. That uh, is correct. Packers. Time, Johnny went nuts, right? So uh, nine, yeah. 10, 11, that sort of range. I, I would take Johnny. So uh, Johnny watch is, is full on. Yeah, and even you know you look at, at a receiver like AJ Brown, who's been great, but also misses time here and there. So yeah, if you lose Corey Davis, and you know you're potentially losing. AJ Brown, you have these games like you saw John Smith earlier in the year getting 10, close to 10 targets, some games scoring two touchdowns, getting a rushing touchdown. He's a he's an uh, elite athlete. He's a free yeah. athlete. Yeah. And a guy like that yeah. deserves to get the ball. The one thing about the Corey Davis free agency is like we talked about obviously like when one of those guys were hurt, but even if Corey Davis leaves, they have no one behind him that could be a wide receiver too on this team. Or they well, would probably you know have to address it. Yeah, you know what? Is it someone who went down real early, and uh, we didn't attribute too much Johnny Wash pressure to it, but that's um, Adam Humphreys, and you know, True. a guy yeah, in the middle he was... of the field who you know the middle of the field guys they share a lot of the work with the tight ends. Johnny, not so much uh, Hunter Henry over the middle kind of guy, but Adam Adam Humphreys could be an annoyance to a Cole Beasley level. Yeah, uh, to receivers. Yeah. He did have one of the ugliest concussions of the year too. Yeah, uh, Humphreys. So but it, it is. Hopefully, it he's does. okay. It's worth bringing up though, Tom. It's a it's a good point. But I think actually, Tom, uh, we might see Giant fall. There's especially within the fantasy community. I brought this up during the year. You're looking at these weekly tight end ranks. These guys got John Smith at 17, yeah. 18. It's yeah. just the, the guy has such a propensity to score. You will never see that here. He will be within our top 10 next year, I, unless something crazy goes up. Yeah, I'll be yep. a new lifer if that's the case. You know, I don't mind. <laughs> right? Me too. All righty. Rob Gronkowski comes in at number eight, 43 catches, 594 yards, seven touchdowns. Sounds like a Gronk year to me. Uh, what I loved about watching Gronk this year is he had, a, he had a stretch where he was a bona fide top five tight end. But four weeks to get going. But then he got going. Remember, like he wasn't even getting targeted the first four weeks of the season. He still finishes as tight end eight. Yeah. Attributes definitely to uh, the position scarcity 
in terms of talent. So, you know, he's got a full year of football under his belt. You know, he's coming back. I think he's going to be back with Tom next year in Tampa Bay. So, yeah. why not? Yeah, didn't year, score, you didn't score until week six, but scored seven times. That's that's pretty good for a tight end. Um, yeah. He's obviously got a rapport with Tom Brady. And they're in the playoffs, so, you know, something to watch there. If he goes crazy in the playoffs, extrapolate that into the season, you know, fudge a number here, fudge yeah. a number there, Gronk goes wild. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we love to uh, – He's a really – Those are our favorite. I, I'll try to just do this if I can every once in a while. He's a really interesting guy in playoff leagues. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because when Tom needed him in the playoffs, he always well, went to him. It, what and we might so have no evidence. is like a lot of – a lot of things is like you have a set team. You always set a lineup every week. Well, if you have a set team, everyone else is big else. Yeah. So it's a it's an interesting contrarian play going on. Yeah. Probably the only one you have. Yeah. If you're not going to play Kelsey, for sure. Because <laughs> uh, you can't play Mike Jasicki. Miami lost in week 17 and lost their shot at the playoffs because of it. But Jasicki, another strong finish to the season. 48 catches, 656 yards. He had six touchdowns on the year. And he did the same exact thing that he did at the end of last year, at the end of this season. Can we get him going week one, please? Like one time. One time. I uh, was a recipient of Man Catch Monday this year as well. Jasicki could have won it back-to-back weeks, although he made basically the same exact play. So I was like, well, let's, let's reward somebody else here. It's not like Jasicki's doing anything groundbreaking, but he's definitely a serviceable tight end. Uh, Miami just – parted ways with Chan Gailey, their offensive coordinator, and they've pretty much already committed to Tua being the starter going into next season. Yes. Uh, Scott, you noted on our doc that's a pretty good thing for Jasicki. Yeah, it seemed like uh, they had a good rapport at the end of the year. I really like Jasicki. Uh, I kind of feel like he's going to get that that postseason hype and maybe climb mm-hmm. too high for us to draft him. You know, he'll just maybe float as like tight end five where, mm-hmm. where like someone would pick Evan Ingram and be like, that's a mistake. This year it's probably going to be Mike Jasicki when we'll play probably a mistake but if he's able to slip down a, a little further i would be really interested because i think his upside is is a lot higher than uh a lot of the people that will be picked around him evan ingram tight end 15 by the way way to go buddy yeah whole season without saquon and you can't even crack the top 10 tight ends way to go all right uh another guy who i think the postseason hype may start going chugga 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 logan thomas his end of season, like his performance in the fantasy playoffs was really good. I think he scored in the last three or four weeks of the season. Might have been three out of four, something like that. Logan Thomas became the number two option in the passing attack for Washington. 69 catches, very nice. Uh, 633 yards and five touchdowns. You have to check. And he actually kind of borders. His, his ownership is probably a little too high. But he borders on uh, a desperation stream of the year because he had a performance against the Panthers, I believe it was where they didn't have Terry McLaurin. And I believe he caught close to 15 passes. Yeah. Yeah, it was nuts. So he had he had some true blow-up games this season mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Uh, I believe he threw a touchdown as well, and he's one of those guys was a former quarterback in high, uh, not high school, in college, Virginia Tech, right around the corner. I mean, he probably played quarterback in high school too, Tom. Give yourself a little credit there. you got to imagine so, right? <laughs> Rare to see the quarterback to tight end – transition, but we've seen it twice and it seems pretty good with Taysom Hill and Logan Thomas. Makes you wonder what would have happened if Tim Tebow could have just swallowed his pride. <laughs> I don't know. Just a thought. Uh, but Logan Thomas, tight end six, I think that's probably the most surprising result of any tight end. Now, there's a couple of guys in the top five who I think may have 
a claim at that title. But anyway, yeah, we get into the top five and a guy that I think we all probably projected to be a little higher in the top five this year. Uh, it's Mark Andrews. He did score seven touchdowns, 81 targets turned into 54 catches for 674 yards. He used one of four tight ends to average 10 points a game. Uh, he missed two out of the 15 possible games between weeks one and 16. So yep. a bit of an injury issue. I think it was a concussion. It was COVID. Oh, COVID. That's right. That's right. missed two games. Which is good because he got through I hell mean, unscathed otherwise. It's obviously he finishes tight at tight end five. But this is a bad year for him, especially where for where we drafted him. Yeah. He finishes with literally half the points of Travis Kelsey. So that's just terrible. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm kind of hoping that maybe that drives his value down for next year's drafts. Obviously, he was a third rounder, and I would never pick him there. But if he starts to creep further and further, in a couple of weeks, I actually picked him in the fifth round this year. And if he drops even further than that, I think I'll start to get really interested. Yeah, I agree. I think he's an upside guy, but, you know, uh, it's just the amount of passes in that offense and stuff. The cool thing is, is, you know, you look back two years to start off the season. He was literally wide receiver one. He was one of those tight ends that was yeah. doing the league. So he has that yeah. kind of upside. Which is, it's it's hard to fathom, but he does. And don't forget, if the Ravens get the Browns week one, he has absolutely <laughs> torched the Browns in week one, two years in a row now. Amazing, amazing career. Against the Browns. It's unbelievable. He's Carlos like stuff. Week one. Yeah. <laughs> Legend. Legend. All right. So we thought Andrews was probably going to be in that tight end one, two, or three mix. The guys that prevented him from being in the top three, both very interesting going into next year. Let's start with TJ Hawkinson at number four. 64 catches, 698 yards, six touchdowns. I mean, he stayed healthy for the most part, played in all 15 games. He looked pretty good. He had a very he was very steady throughout the year. Like every week, I feel like in the like weeks, probably like 10 through 14, I feel like every week I played against him in at least one league. And I was like, man, like I can't count on Hawkinson bombing. Like he yeah. is just a super solid seven or eight points at least every week. And that's what gets you into yeah. the top five tight end territory. Yep. You, play every, you play every week, you get a good exposure. I mean, unfortunately, uh, this was the year to pick TJ Hawkinson. And, and yeah. obviously nobody really knew that because his ADP was sitting around like the 12th round. So he was like a freebie tight end that people were taking as a, as a stream starter. Mm. And the people who did were rewarded handsomely. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, his draft value is probably going to double. So he's going to move from the 12th round probably up to the 6th round next year. And nothing. No, I mean, you can't, you can't pick him there if Matt Stafford is not the quarterback for the Lions going into next season. Well, you know, because it seems like they're going to try to move on. I don't know. I'm, I'm terrified if that's where we're taking Hawkinson next year. Their receiving core is going to change. Um, and it's going to dictate either his hype or lack of hype, but I think regardless, he'll be too expensive and too much change of scenery for me. Yeah, that's a good point, Tom, because Marvin Jones is set to be a free agent. So is Kenny Galloway. Man, could be a very, very dreary offense that Detroit rolls out next year. No kidding. We'll keep you in our thoughts, well, DeAndre I mean, Swift. If they're uh, yeah, if their receiving core doesn't get upgraded, though, I mean maybe Hawkinson does cash. Yeah, it'll be probably too risky on draft time. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, we move on. Number three, Robert Tunyon. Bobby Tons. The tight end that Aaron Rodgers needed was in the tight end room all along. He just never played. 
They've got G- Jimmy Graham in there, right? They've had Mercedes Lewis in there for so long, and they drafted Jay Sternberger, and all of a sudden, Bobby Tunns, the only wide receiver or tight end to have over 50 targets this season and not register a drop. 50 catches, 568 yards, but this is the big one here, obviously. 10 touchdowns. Yeah, it's 10, right, because he caught his 11. He, caught, he did catch 11, and in, in, uh, he caught 11 for the entire season, but – he did have one in week 17. But even still, I think it was four out of five games this and towards the end of the season, he had a touchdown. So I'm looking at his at his target numbers here too. This is 17 weeks, but he had 11 touchdowns on 59 targets. Unbelievable. He caught a touchdown every five targets he got. Yeah. It was amazing. And he almost caught all of his targets too, which is insane. He was a blessing from the sky. Yeah. And he really be- was. And because of that, I am terrified for him next year as well. Oh, yeah. Because I don't, I don't know where he's going to get drafted. I think, I think there's going to be some slander about the targets coming out from fantasy football pundits, but like he's going to be in the single round, single digit rounds for sure. And I probably won't take him there. This to me is the kind of year though, like like you're a Rodgers guy, obviously, and, and I massive. I've become, a, I've become a Rodgers guy this year because one of my leagues have dropped him like 13th round. He was a legend. But, I won't get him there next you know, year. He he relies, you know, he leans on the guys that he has built that trust with. You've seen that over yeah. the years. You see it with Devontae Adams just getting an absurd peppering yeah. in these games, right? Maybe Tunyon still continues to have that red zone rapport because that's what he did. He dominated yeah. on the goal line, especially at the end of the year. So now we get to the top two, right? We've got Waller. We've got Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey would have finished wide receiver four. Darren Waller would have finished wide receiver eight. Robert Tunyon would have no, finished. 11. Oh, it was 11 Waller. for. Oh, because Waller went nuts in week 17. That's right. All right. So, Missouri. Sorry. You don't want to pick that up? It might be about your car's extended warranty. I know. I think I might have just won another timeshare. <laughs> By the you way, I'm taking a like, nine month vacation. Missouri. That is completely Missouri's fault. Damn you, Missouri. <laughs> anyway, Robert Tunyon. You know, so we got. We got Kelsey and Waller, who were wide receiver ones, essentially, based on their production. Yeah. Tight end three. So one spot behind Darren Waller would have been wide receiver 34. Yep. So there is a significant drop off. And don't forget about George Kittle, who probably would have been right in this Waller-Kelsey zone based on his points per game. But Waller and the breakout continues for this guy. Almost 100 catches, over 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns. We almost got him into the 1,000 110 club. Yeah, this is an amazing season. Amazing and season, and I think he can do it again. Yeah, because he did it two years ago. Yeah. You know, he has been incredible for them, and they have not been able to really find that receiver that they can rely on. No. It's become Darren Waller, right? And Henry Ruggs is in the lineup all year. Brian Edwards, who they drafted, you don't. You guys probably don't even know who he is. Uh, and then you have <laughs> no, Nelson really? Aguilar. I don't even... He's that guy that went <laughs> hyped up and he did nothing. Yeah, right? Um, and then, you know, Nelson Aguilar, who you can't trust, you know, or the damn. Unlike Aguilar. Yeah, Nelson Aguilar is the guy that everyone uh, hyped down and did everything. Yeah, exactly. More on him in a couple weeks. I mean, all, all roads lead to Waller in this <laughs> offense. It uh, doesn't seem like they're going to let go of Farm either. And even if they didn't, they went Mariota. Mariota was peppering him in that game too. So Waller is very interesting. And so is Kelsey, obviously. Kelsey had such a year that it – One of two guys to go 100,000 10 this year. And it tilted – he tilted the, the game this year, in my opinion. And he, he could easily be our fantasy MVP, which is crazy for a tight end because we never give him any respect. But the year he had 
He wasn't a tight end. He, like, it, he was a wide receiver. Within your lineup, he was not a tight end. He was just your like best flex option, right? Yeah. So then your worst flex option is who you needed basically to outscore the other team's tight end. Yeah, so, so you were seven like, points a game. Right, basically. so like on the team that I had, had Kels, I'm sitting there relying on like Ezekiel Elliott to outscore, you know, Robert Tunyon or one of these guys, one of these other tight ends thrown in the mix. Yeah. Hawkinson against Zeke, you know. Just sicky. It just changed the matchup entirely. And Waller yeah. did the same thing. And that's yeah, I mean, why Scott, in a lot of leads you saw that in the championship. Give this, give this theory some credit, you know. Talk about some of the crappier tight ends. I don't think Zeke outscored Tunyon and Hawkinson all that much. Yeah, I should have scrolled a little lower and hit up Eric Ebron. Hunter <laughs> Henry and Jimmy Graham. I mean, you picked the right weeks. Now that theory sounds very strong. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I should have scrolled on the page before I said that. I was just looking at the low names on there. And unfortunately, just, those were them. Just no, the, but you do. But you are, right? <laughs> I mean, outside of the 30-point Monday night game where Tunyon scored three touchdowns without Devontae Adams, he didn't have a game over 20 after that. So it's very – I mean, and obviously Zeke had his own struggles in the middle of the year with the Cowboys' offense in purgatory. But Right, but – and even, you know – that was just my example. My yeah. I'm sure other ones could have even had more advantageous situations that Tom was trying to say, you know, instead of that, maybe it's, you know, one of these great receivers against like a Noah Fant or something like that. Right. And it just tilts the matchup to like a, a point where, you know, I reached the point in the season where it was like, wow, my team feels so balanced. And it was strictly because of Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, any chance you guys would consider taking Kelsey in the first round next year? Yes. Yeah, I mean, he's a wide receiver one. If he's going to catch 10 touchdowns like that? He's this more is, valuable this is as a wide receiver one than a wide receiver one, basically. So you can play him at tight end. For Scott's strategy right there. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and it's taken me a long time to come around on that, but I do believe that is true only for him. Yeah. And, and Waller, I mean, maybe. Maybe next year we'll have enough behind it. But this dude has been the tight end one for half a decade. Five out of putting up top five wide receiver performances, it's it's becoming an advantage. So now that Waller didn't sixty burger in week seventeen, he is the highest scoring fantasy tight end in five out of the last six seasons. And the one season where he didn't do it, he was second to Gronk in two thousand sixteen. Every other year, every other year from two thousand fifteen to two thousand twenty, Kelsey's been your tight end one. An unbelievable run. This is the best year yet, and this is the best year yet. Which is probably due in large part to a guy that we're going to start, uh, we're going to talk about on our quarterback rundown, which begins right now. Uh, the one honorable mention that I think we have to get to. Oh, we're not doing the wild cards in between? No, let's just do it at the end because okay. we're already pretty running pretty long. Okay. Uh, but let's talk about Dak Prescott because, Scott, you did some a really nice deep dive. Yeah, so I just looked at the top, uh, you know, 30 quarterbacks and one out fantasy probably yeah. sorted in week 16. and. I saw Dak stuck out. He was QB 30. So there's 32 teams in the NFL. Yeah. Dak is QB 30. So that means there were multiple teams in the NFL that had quarterbacks that did not outscore Dak this season, yep. which is amazing considering he played five games. Five. Now, he did 40-burger in two of them, I'm pretty sure. He had, and then and as we looked into it a little more, he had the highest average of points per game for any quarterback in the league, yep. which obviously means that if he stayed – uh, healthy, he probably would have been, you know, he obviously would have paced for QB1. And he was QB1 before he went down, which is important right. to remember. He absolutely would have contended. That's a good way to put it down. 
Yeah, and he was a machine last year as well. Dak, um, he's great for those QB draws that they give him, that they draw up. Live for those. Pun intended there, Tom? Uh, Pun not intended, but pun much appreciated. Thank you. Attaboy. Um, Attaboy. Dak is awesome. I think he'll still be drafted highly, um, so I don't think he's going to fall onto any of our teams. Yeah, I was lucky that the only league that I had, obviously I wasn't lucky because he got hurt, but I did get him in the eighth round of a league last year. And uh, if he hovers around there, even coming off an injury, I'd be interested. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no shit. You know? He was QB1. He was incredible. And if he's on Dallas, man, that offense with him in it was absolutely absurd. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Just wanted a hat tip to Dak there. Uh, it was the Jets, obviously, Washington. And uh, half and the four, the 49ers and half of the Dolphins. Fitzpatrick outscored Dak Prescott, but Tua did not. So really, three and a half teams quarterbacks were outscored by Dak Prescott in fantasy in five games. Yeah, it's just yeah. an incredible number. It's something that it also puts on display the raw number of quarterbacks that actually get a start in the in the NFL every year. It's, yep, around, right. it's around fifty, and that's why we we always yeah. say you know. It's it's kind of crazy to spend such a high price on a quarterback who you're not sure of, right? Right, for sure. All Mahomes those guys are in the middle. Spoiler alert: He was not QB one. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's count down and see who was QB one. We did have one more honorable mention. I just want to bring up: If you had Breeze and Taysom Hill combined, mm-hmm. they finished as QB eleven. So yeah. that was a, a cool combo. If you had the Saints quarterback season long, Breeze twenty two, Taysom Hill was twenty nine. I'd have both in the raw numbers. Either division. one of them over number fifteen, Jared. Goff. Jared Goff. Uh, maybe he plays this week. He probably shouldn't. If the Rams want to win, they he definitely shouldn't. You think it's Wolford time? I, I mean, listen. Oh. <laughs> you go into that game with Wolford. You know the defense is going to have to, you know, pace that game. Wolf, they're going to run the ball a lot. Cam Akers getting healthier. But this is the this is the the, the rankings, not the. You're right. You're right. But anyway, you're telling us about the time. The problem is, Jared Goff looked horrible multiple times this year, and he was the starting quarterback that lost to the Jets. He can't be trusted. And no, he, he, you know, and that's that's the thing that sucks the most about him. Is like he didn't even have a good game against the Jets. I think he had 16. There were other matchups, I think, like Seattle. When Seattle was the B matchup, the first one that like started their trend to be a better defense was against Jared Goff. Yeah. They got ran all over, but Jared Goff didn't throw against them. And he's just so unpredictable. But because he plays in this offense, he will always be a top 15 quarterback. It's yeah. just such a QB-friendly offense. You saw that with John Wolford even throwing for like 230 and even running for like 60 yards last week. McVay just knows how to get that out of the quarterback. I would absolutely love to see them get somebody else. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Jared Goff was a guy, at least in one league, who I left drafts with because he cost nothing, and he has that kind of upside. Granted, he didn't really pay off, and I could cut bait in one week because he had actually a horrible week one. But he's a guy that, you know, or a quarterback in that offense becomes a guy that you – you stream and dream kind of, right? You you add them yeah. to week one and you go, man, I hope <laughs> I hope this is bigger than week one. But right. it's fine if it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that, that is what makes him appealing. Hopefully he gets a good matchup week yeah. one next year. Speaking of unpredictable, number 14, Derek Carr. 
Um, I can't believe this is he finished as a top fifteen quarterback. He threw a, he had a lot of three touchdown games. He went negative against the Falcons, but there's also that, which is insane that you can do that. That and still finish him top fifteen ever for me. Absolutely, me too. me too. Absolutely, and it was. I mean, if there's one thing that. Maybe you can hang your hat on with this. It's that they did play the Falcons on the road. So maybe it's like, you know, okay, Derek Carr playing on the road on the East Coast. Maybe that's why. But how could you bet on that? Oh, man. You know, and, and he, he did play very well after that. He lit up the Jets on the East Coast, too. So I don't know. How exactly. So it's like, yeah, so how much can we? It's just, I'm trying, I'm pulling it straws he's here. He's been like this all the time. Yeah. Like he has these games where you're like, wow, this guy could, could be my starter. And then the next week gives you. A performance that's just like what the hell just happened yeah uh when you play as many games as he did he didn't miss a single start obviously he left in the middle of the game now but he, he made it basically the distance that's how you get into the top 15 his receiver room outside of darren waller obviously was very volatile henry ruggs we mentioned in and out of the lineup Al Aguilar was his first year with the team hunter renfro in and out of the lineup it felt like all year they lost tyrell williams to an acl injury right before the season started as well yeah. so never like never really had a complete and consistent group of wide receivers that was trotting out with him every week. So it's impressive, but like Tom said, and there's really no better way to describe it, you're never getting the taste out of your mouth of that game. I started him in that game, so I, I would know. Okay. You know, he went negative against the Falcons. Yeah, dude, I'll so. never forget that. Every quarterback ever has had a good game against the Falcons, pretty much. <laughs> Besides him. Yeah. Well, Drew Locke even lit them up. <laughs> Big time. So did Dak, but... That's besides the point. Speaking of the Falcons, their quarterback, Matt Ryan, comes in at number 13. I think the only reason that he's this low is because of the absence of Julio Jones Absolutely. in and out of the year. Because there were some games where he played without Julio this is a, and was horrible. Matt Ryan, if you're, if you're listening at home, which I know you are, you should be proud of the fantasy football season you put together. I know the Falcons struggled seven points off of a QB1 with Julio for half of the season is a great performance, in my opinion. Yeah. He's going to be low going into draft season because of that. They always have to throw. This is not the kind of team that makes a, a transition in one night. They're going to be in the same type of crazy-ass games next year. He's going to be throwing all the time again. This is a guy I will always be interested in, and I am definitely interested in him again for next year. Yeah, so uh, I mean, Ryan threw for four thousand forty three hundred yards, and that's a pretty that that's lower than his season average usually. Yeah, because he didn't have Julio Jones. Exactly, <laughs> like he didn't have a fourteen hundred yard a year receiver. Uh, so that, that obviously makes a lot of sense for Matt Ryan. Just an inconsistent up and down year. But when Julio was in, the upside is limitless. He's a lock and load QB one. Yeah, he's awesome to parlay off that conversation with Derek Carr for the same reasons the Falcons get torched. Is the same reasons uh, Matt Ryan is a good fantasy quarterback. That's yeah. right. So if they did like a graph of like how many, what percent of fantasy points were scored and it was like higher, I would be interested to see number 12, Ben Roethlisberger's. Because he had 288 fantasy points in this year, played every, started every game. 277, yeah, sorry. So I would imagine that at least 200 of them came before week 12. <laughs> yeah, they went off the rails. Yeah, or at least 220 of them, honestly. Because there's no way he scored 50 points in the last four weeks. But of the it's season. impressive that he finishes QB 12 to me because he doesn't throw the ball deep. No, not at all. It's hard to hit deep shots or to, to not have big fantasy or to have big fantasy numbers, I should say. Excuse me. 
when you don't ha- when you don't take deep shots. He's yeah. got to get you know thirty completions to get a big fantasy. Now stuff to do. I think it's important to, when you're talking about Ben Roethlisberger, you got to talk about the drops. I think because it's it, it it plagued the Steelers for a while there, and they were able to cover it up with their defense for a little bit, but. You know, I think get another year under his under his belt with these receivers. Deontay Johnson's not going anywhere. Chase Claypool's not going anywhere. We'll see what happens with Juju, but I certainly think that he deserves to have a pretty big contract offered to him from the Steelers. I would if I were them. But we'll see. And they had no running game, which kind of brought more attention to the pass, in my opinion. So yes. you know, they get they get the running game figured out, and we won't know that obviously until next September. But it could open up things deep ball wise. Uh, for Ben coming up next year. Maybe. Hopefully, Who knows? Because hopefully, because without that, I think that... Uh, I think the point I'm trying to make is I don't know where if Ben Roethlisberger ends up this high next season. Yeah, because like you said, are you gonna is he going to have that high of a completion percentage? Yeah. You know, complete 30 passes, like I said, in the game to get to that 300-yard mark because he's not doing it on big chunk plays. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's this is where he's been finishing for a few years now. This is home for him. <laughs> Do you think... Do you think the guys who we just mentioned are all at least a little pissed off that Kirk Cousins finished ahead of them in fantasy points this year at number 11? Just another one. This is where Phil Rivers used to live. Yeah. And this is why I love him. He'd be, he'd be 11, 12, 13 in that range every year. Phil was at 19 this year, by Take the way. that to the bank. Yeah. I, I miss those days. Um, maybe I'll move on to Kirk Cousins. Not nah, can't stand him. No. <laughs> He's, he was another one of those guys in that car – and Jared Goff conversation where you don't really know what to expect from him, but you were able to bank on him, especially late in the year, because they had a nice little homestand where he went like 20, 25, 30, each of those four, like three out of four weeks or something like that. With with Kirk Cousins, that's so compelling. And really, honestly, as much as I talk trash on him, I wouldn't be surprised if I left a draft or two with him next year. He throws the ball to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, and he hands it off to Dalvin Cook. Yeah. So he plays in one of the more high-powered offenses in all the NFL, and he's the quarterback of that. So mm-hmm. a lot of the times, you know, if, if you're good enough, and, you know, Kirk's good enough, he's Mr. Get It Done, um, I think he could get it done for you. And maybe he's not 11. Maybe he's not a top 11 quarterback next year. But I bet we're talking about him close to the top 15 again. He'll be in next year's episode, I think, as long yeah, as he's yeah, still with the Vikings. He had seven three touchdown games, eight if you count uh, week seventeen. So better Which than we... technically, or about oh, wow. yeah. technically on uh, on getting you three. So, so seven out of sixteen, he gave you three touchdowns. It's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty good. good oh god, am I gonna pick Kirk Cousins next year, guys? Come on, please don't make me do this. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll see. All right, number ten. He took the fantasy world by storm once he took over. This guy over Justin Herbert. I don't know if you're gonna want to because no, I, I think be I think the hype train is starting to gain some steam already. Uh, we know the Chargers are gonna have a new coach for Justin Herbert next year. I would be shocked if Dude, it wasn't like the enemy from the Chiefs. Jumps. I'm just trying to look at the top ten without like revealing names. I guess I, like an ADP. I bet he jumps at least two or three. I can see at least two or three guys that are in the top ten this year kind of falling off, and, and yeah. some of them are even pretty close to talking about ADP. Something to oh, say yeah. about highest. Justin Herbert, though, is I'm looking at his his score here, raw number, and I would say confidently that he could jump the next three quarterbacks in front of him. the The distance in points is absolutely. Only 12. 
Um, and I'm not saying that he could jump them next year. I'm saying he could jump them if we gave him one more game. This guy didn't even start week one, didn't even start week Very two. Very good point, Tom. You know what I mean? So you give him a week 17 gimme, and he shoots up three, four spots in these rankings completely. Uh, so one more. One more start, he's QB7. Or, that's just, yeah, that's just probably the why he's not the coach anymore. Or he goes into the friggin' season as a starter in training camp and gets the first team reps rather than just, you know, hawking and praying in a couple of weeks when he first took over for Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, that, I mean, it shows how, how closely ranked these quarterbacks are, especially yeah. when you get into that top 10 when you start to, you know, we, we just went from a. And this is a kind of from eleven to ten is a twenty-five point jump. I was going to say we've we've hit a tier here too. Right? We've exactly. jumped up a tier with we've, we've reached the tier one, the tier yeah. one quarterback. And I'm going to mention something. I'm really going to mention something here. There's only one quarterback left in this list that uh, doesn't meet this threshold that I'm about to bring up, and I'm going to check if Aaron Rodgers does, but usually he would. Uh, what I'm going to say is it's about a 250-yard rushing season. And uh, Justin Herbert had I don't think Rodgers got it. So everyone – Rodgers had 145 and three touchdowns. Yeah, Rodgers had a really low rushing year, and I noticed that just watching. But other years – Then it'll be lower next year too. Yeah, but I mean, strike Rodgers from the record. He's a different human being, right? Um, pretty much Damn everyone right. on this list with the exception of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers – will have around 250 rushing yards or well over that. And so yep. my fear really is that streaming might become a little less useful when you have, you know, eight out of 10 guys in the league who rush this much. And yeah. I think it's kind of a guy to have. It might be evolving that way because 15 points doesn't get it done versus these guys who are dropping 30 burgers. 15 points used to be a good stream, but when these quarterbacks are dropping – It's 20 30, now. Yeah, I mean, they're dropping 37, 40. You know, the, Kyler, yeah. Josh Allen, those guys are dropping big numbers. And uh, Dinky Phil Rivers with 15 is not going to get it done. <laughs> and when the league no. goes, when your fantasy league goes 80% rushing quarterbacks, I think you got to have one. Yeah, and I mean, even just thinking about guys who are going to be coming back next year, Dak's going to be a guy who goes over 250. Joe Burrow, I think, is a, is a good candidate to go over 250. Maybe not next year because it's going to be year one post-ACL tear. But even just take it. Justin Fields. That's exactly where I was going with this guy. Yeah. Those are two more guys who are pretty much – I mean, maybe not – Hurts, exactly, so, if he gets so, a start. But here's, here comes the thing, Tom, right? So, so now we have, what, 10 or 12 – Quarterbacks that you think have a rushing capability and throwing capability, give me the twelfth one. Yeah, absolutely. Like but, I think the strategy could still hold true. But give me one is the point. Yeah, I got to leave with one of those guys that I think has a rushing floor and a passing floor, uh, ceiling. Really, is, is what you're looking for. You're yeah, looking for a rushing back floor to that stream and ceiling for passing yards. Right. Yeah. You, you want to pick someone yeah. to stream week one, and you want to dream that they're going to be, you know, better than ADP suggests. The salvation. Hey, speaking of rushing quarterbacks, number nine, the perfect one, Lamar Jackson, thousand yard, the god. Now, if we included Week Seventeen, he'd be much higher because he had ninety-two rushing yards and I believe a rushing touchdown in Week Seventeen to get the Ravens into the playoffs. Much higher. I mean, he wouldn't have jumped thirty points on Watson, who also dropped a hammer down. That's true. So it would have put him at about seven. Uh, This is a, a low spot for Lamar, I thought, but. You know, I think it, this shows exactly what Tom was talking about. A player like Lamar, who has a rushing floor like this, can pass pretty poorly for a large portion of the season 
and still finish as QB9. I think the main difference between what Lamar did this year and what he did last year is in his passing touchdowns, too. He had 23 passing touchdowns this year. He had 36 through week 16 last year. So that's why – so if you're wondering why the drop-off was there, that's why, you know, the, the Ravens' offense was anemic for a few straight weeks. But he was – But when they got the – Yeah, and when they got right, that was when Lamar Jackson came back to being a weak winner that you were hopefully drafting. I think people – I mean – for the most part, I think he ended up as a second-round pick, but I did see some drafts where he was a first-rounder, non-two QB leagues. So, you know, all of that t- taken into account, I think it was a fine year for Lamar, but this is why you don't draft quarterbacks early. And he's going to go really good. He'll be the second or third quarterback drafted. I think so. No. No, you don't think so? Not second or third. So what do you think? Like fourth, fifth? Yeah, probably. First? Okay. Interesting. <laughs> No, uh, really. Lamar. I mean, you see some of these guys yeah. that finished up at the top. You see Rodgers. You see Mahomes. Oh, I don't know about that. Interesting. We'll get into it, though. Yep. Tom Brady, three rushing yards on 25 attempts for three rushing touchdowns this year. A fitting tribute to Jerome Bettis. Uh, but he had also 36 passing touchdowns and 11 picks. Seemed to really get the deep ball and the understanding of the Bruce Arians offense down after the bye week. And I, I just couldn't for the life of me understand why nobody pointed that out when the Bucks were struggling. I was like, are we trying to not acknowledge that it's been 12 weeks and they haven't had a bye to kind of like adjust things and get right? Like Brady's obviously a huge post bye quarterback. I don't know. But either way, it was a great season. He had some absolute monster games. He's timeless. And if they're just going to commit, I mean, obviously he's on a one-year deal. Who knows what's going to happen next year? But if they're just going to commit to giving him whatever he wants, he's going to finish as a top 10 quarterback until he decides to hang him up. Yeah. He clearly still has it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's the same thing with Gronk and Brady, right? Like Brady didn't look all that hot in the beginning. And uh, he had some big games here and there. I think he had actually a good week one, but he kind of he he suffered before he got hot. And it's just, you That's know, right. a lot of these guys changed teams and they had no offseason. Right, so it took a little while to get his – That his is play. true. Once they did, I mean, they're rolling. You want to talk about a team that's dangerous going into the playoffs. I'm yeah. Right. I'm rooting for I'm rooting for the Bucks and the Ravens for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Ooh, Bucks ravens Yep. You might want to bet that. Yeah, it, it would be a good bet. That's a yeah, you probably get some great odds. Yeah, right. Not the point. The point is QB number seven. Not a, not a great guy if you're a Derrick Henry shareholder this year. But a great guy if you were able to pick this guy up off the waiver wire at any point this season. Ryan Tannehill was awesome. Awesome. Five rushing touchdowns, 32 passing. He had 228 rushing yards, so he just barely missed that 250 threshold that Tom brought up before. 321.92 in 16 games. You got 20 points per game from Ryan Tannehill this year. If you had him on your team, you should be writing him a thank you note. Thank you, Ryan Tannehill. Donate to his charity. He gave me 20 points per game in a season where, you know, we had no idea where it was going to be. Obviously, he had a great seven games, and it's in the second half of 2019, and he just rolled that right over into 2020. Unbelievable. And I think he keeps the momentum going right into 2021. There's no reason to think this Titans offense won't continue to roll. Yeah, I mean, Arthur Smith, their offensive coordinator, kind of being, you know, kind of being out as a head coach out in uh, Los Angeles for the Chargers and in a couple other places. But I mean, you watch this offense and you're just like, okay, we lost the offensive coordinator. 
Give me somebody who's going to run an offense very similar to what we've been doing extremely well. So even if they lose that guy, I don't see any drop off for him and especially not for Derrick Henry. They put the money into him. They gave him 370 carries this year. Congratulations to Derrick Henry. 2,000 rushing yards was awesome. Put the money into Tannehill too. Yeah. So this combo is going to be there for a few years. Tannehill plays very well in that deep throwing play action offense. And he knows to get the ball into his playmaker's hands, two guys that we love as athletic freaks, John Smith and A.J. Brown. There's a and, lot to like with Ryan Tannehill. And I'm happy you brought those two up because we, we, just, we did talk about Corey Davis not being there. That, that really doesn't matter if Corey Davis leaves this Titans offense. We're still going to be pretty high on Ryan Tannehill because even though he's QB7, I don't know that his ADP rises that much going into next season. No, I don't think so. I think he's an unsexy, sexy guy, which are the best fantasy makings. Yes, for sure. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep bringing him up, Scott. I know you're pissed that he didn't make it to the episode. Quarterback <laughs> unsexy, unsexy guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number six to Sean Watson. Man, this dude – I, I can't even think of an equivalent for what he does yeah. on such a bad Texans what team. What he endured this year and who he, he threw to, it would be interesting to see how many different players he like had a completion to throughout the year. Because and how if he told me it was fifty, I believe. How many it. of them were like off the practice squad or you know patched together throughout the year to end up leading the NFL in passing yards? Obviously, plays in the negative game script that helps him achieve that goal. But still, he led the NFL in passing yards. In a dumpster fire season, mm-hmm. he brought Brandon Cooks back to life. He brought David Johnson back to life in the second half of the season. And it looks like even with just those two as their primary playmakers, yeah. this Sean Watson is a top 10 quarterback lock. Yeah. yeah. He probably won't be drafted like it next year. I, I, can I think Herbert is getting drafted ahead of him. No way. I got some interesting stuff on Deshaun Watson. Everyone knows I love him. Uh, if I had to choose, yep, you know. We all do. Yeah, it's hard to say, right? Everyone loves him. But here's some interesting stuff. This will be in a 17-game season, obviously 16 games played, because I can't really uh, fudge these numbers, but it's really interesting because I can compare him to his career, right? So best fantasy points of his career, uh, top five every year, literally 5-5-5, the years he started. Um, Most attempts, most passing yards, most passing touchdowns, least interceptions, and uh, second fewest to the year that he barely played rushing touchdowns. So if his rushing touchdowns actually went back to normal, he would have been – He'd have more points. Well, he would have yeah. been godly, guys. He would have been like – he would have been up, up, up there with the rest of these guys. Yeah, probably would have finished as QB4 as opposed to QB6, which would have been like a, a 15 or so point jump if he just got those two extra rushing touchdowns that he normally gets. Probably attribute that to inefficiency in the red zone and just not being on as good of a team. Hopefully, yeah. they can get some talent, some more talent around him this year. And he got mega paid, which we always appreciate, especially for good fantasy quarterbacks. I love when those young kings get that money. That's right. right. Actually, if he, his, if he got his normal three more based on his season averages, he would have surpassed Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But, I mean, Whoa. that's giving him three okay. touchdowns. That's a lot. But all yeah. I'm saying is. He put career highs all over the place. So if this is his new normal, he's a legend. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on. We got Russell Wilson at five. Looked like he was going to be one for a little while there at the beginning of the season. 
Uh, no question. He was like the undisputed MVP through five weeks. Well, that's and why they play all 16, yeah, Scotty. Their offense, their offense faded really hard. I think that that just puts Russell in that, you know, he's going to go in the same range that he did last year. He still gives you that potential to have a 30-plus point week. Mm-hmm. He still has that low floor and that rushing capability like Tom talked about. And let's not forget, he throws the ball to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So not too shabby. There's not much to hate here. There's not really much to cover either. I no. I mean, for all of these guys, really, except maybe the next one, I think – I feel like I have a lot to say about I think him. the top two are, are very interesting. Yeah. Number four is Aaron Rodgers. And for – as so – I'm terrified for Aaron Rodgers next year because, like you said, like Tom said, could end up being the second quarterback drafted, right? The ADP king of 2020. Yeah. But it was because he had one of his worst seasons last year. I think he only had like 28 touchdowns. This year he ends up with 20 more than that. Uh, His rushing numbers are down. He's going to be 38. He's not going to be running around the way that we've seen him running around in the past. But the other thing is like, Last year, all of the that goal line luck or goal line, whatever you want to call it, went to Aaron Jones in the running game for the Packers. This year, it really kind of swayed towards the passing game with Aaron Rodgers. I think there's going to be a median point that we hit next year where it's kind of a little bit more balanced. And that's what I'm worried about because without the passing touchdowns and if he's not going to be running as much. passing touchdowns. Right. Like, it's going to be really easy for Deshaun Watson and Tannehill and Lamar to jump them, and Russell Wilson, and, and you know even Herbert, who had a pretty, who was a, had pretty good rushing numbers, and you yeah. know, don't forget Fields and Lawrence and Hurts coming in next year potentially. So right. I'm a little worried about him. It was a phenomenal year. He's probably going to be league MVP, but next year I think is really murky for Aaron Rodgers for me. Yeah, well, it's nice that he's one of those guys that you don't really have to worry about him because you don't pick quarterback that early. No, so you know we won't have to pick him. Yes. Yeah. Like I yeah. said, always nice. Uh, his his most passing touchdowns ever, by the way. Yes. 51 total touchdowns. is. There's only a few quarterbacks ever that have had 50 total touchdowns in the season. Right. One of them is our next quarterback, <laughs> and it's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, QB3, he fell a little bit, which is why we're only counting week 16, because the Chiefs had nothing to play for, and Mahomes sat in week 17. But – in those many other players in the NFL, yeah. which is why we, we looked at it through weeks one to sixteen. Yeah, everybody fifteen games. Uh, Mahomes is so good. Yeah, and because he sat in week seventeen is why Deshaun Watson uh, ended up leading the league in passing as well. He had forty. Uh, Mahomes had forty seven hundred yards. So we probably the pretty good chance he gets to five thousand if he plays week seventeen. Yeah, didn't have to. He's this is going to be the risk you run, I guess, if you're in a seventeen. Team or a 17 week league. I think the nicest thing to see for me this year, and I don't know if it was just because it was just my exposure to the Chiefs teams this year relative to the last year, it felt like he ran a lot more this year. I don't know if the numbers are are, would actually even back that up. Yeah. But it was really nice to see that he actually does have a rushing capability. And maybe, maybe if it was the same as last year, then it's been sustained for two years. And it combined with his elite passing, it's just. Mahomes had 308 rushing yards this year. He had 197 in 2019 and 271. So it was actually his highest rushing yardage amount as a starter um, in 2020. Yeah, nearly over 100 yards more than he had last year. That's all gravy, baby. And this is probably why you don't draft quarterbacks early. I don't see why you take anybody before Mahomes in fantasy drafts next year. 
But that's the problem is because you think that, and there were two guys who finished ahead of him this year. Right. One of them being the guy who ended up leading the league in fantasy points if you count all 17 weeks. That's Josh Allen. I mean, he put it all together this year. Tom. This is exactly what we were hoping for from him. This is your boy. This, this is, is Mitch Trubisky 2.0. I, I'm insanely proud of the guy. You know, I, I what I take him, Scotty, sixth round in a 2QB dynasty startup. Yeah, I, I, I don't know the exact count, but it was definitely early. You suck your neck out. Yeah, and, you know, this guy in some formats finished as QB1. And this right, yep. This is a guy who's got Probably. two touchdown rushing, four touchdown throwing in the same game potential. You start that guy every yeah. There's yep. no yeah. There's no good reason to ever sit him. He's a set it and forget it. And if you've got him on your team, you know, count your lucky stars. Yeah, this was the kind of year that you count your lucky stars. You had Josh Allen because you were able to pick him in the you know eighth or ninth, whatever mm-hmm. round. Just like number who finished number one, just only two point one six points ahead of Josh Allen was Kyler Murray. And I bet a lot of the people who owned him actually had a sour taste in their mouth, much like Russell Wilson, because he didn't finish the year on fire. No, he really stopped running toward the end of the year but still was so far ahead. And he even still had some big games. I shouldn't say, I shouldn't really disparage him too bad. He went off against the Eagles. Yeah. So, I mean, and that was what, 15, week 15, I believe, or even 16. Mm-hmm. But he had amazing moments. You remember that you'll never forget the touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins. You'll never forget all these, these crazy touchdown runs. And he's just, he's so electric with the ball in his hands. I don't think this is the last time that we will be seeing Kyler Murray within the top five. It's hard to say that he'll be a QB1 again just because we know about the volatility. Never been more competition to be QB1 in fantasy football. And it seems like there's just more talent pumping into the quarterback position every year, which is just amazing for yeah. the league overall. But Kyler Murray is just a prime example of speed and passing and rushing yeah. and, and everything that we love in a, in a fantasy quarterback. He was made in a fantasy quarterback factory, yep. and that was proven already in his second year. We going we going Josh Allen or Kyler Murray first off the board next year between the two of them because like Mahomes will probably get taken as the first QB in some leagues Rodgers maybe in some it's leagues Josh Allen for me yeah Tom it's hard to say um, I like Josh Allen better but um, if I was that's the thing if I was going to take one of these guys it's just a coin flip in reality I'm not taking one of these guys of course not right yeah. I think Josh Allen has a better, like an easier road to 10 rushing touchdowns. Yeah, Josh Allen has fewer busts. Right, also that. Yeah, and also, like Tom, you mentioned, Josh Allen probably finished ahead of Kyler Murray. In six-point passing touchdown leagues, he buried Kyler Murray. Buried him. Right. He had 34 passing touchdowns to Kyler Murray's 26, and he only had three fewer rushing touchdowns. Yeah. So that's a net of, I think it's what? Plus five in the touchdown department for Josh Allen. Yeah, he right. buried the competition. Yeah. If, yeah. if it's six point pass and touchdowns. And so did Rodgers. An amazing but. year. And, and you watch this this offense play. And, you know, I was listening to some of the videos even today. That they're like, Josh Allen is more dangerous. Like once the play breaks down, once he moves out of the pocket, he just becomes a whole other animal yeah. because you have to defend that run. And it's not defending the run like a speed run. It's like a power run. You know, you have a, you Cam. Have a, a fullback. Yeah, a Cam Newton type guy. But this is a, this is Cam Newton with the laser arm that he used to have, and you see him hitting these balls in the back of the end zone to Stephon Diggs and these other playmakers. Hopefully, they get Cole Beasley back for the playoffs. If you want to transition into that now, 
Um, and they can get some of that. This is getting out. dicey for the Bills, though, because Stefan Diggs was held out of practice on Wednesday. Stefan Diggs getting that prime treatment. Don't worry. All right. He practices when he wants to practice? Yeah, he'll be out there. All right. All right. We got a lot of praise to shower on Stefan Diggs uh, in the next couple of weeks. You're never going to hear – you're not going to hear a word of slander from me about Stefan Diggs for a long Never again, long probably. Time. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so Colts-Bills is the first game. Uh, Scott, you're doing that league where you pick one guy from each team. That's right. I think the Colts is one team that I would stay away from. I didn't pick anyone. Because they could easily lose to the Bills this week. But if they don't, like, who do you have there that's, like, been a solid week-to-week performer? Yes, Jonathan Taylor's been really good down the stretch, but and if they win, if they win know for a fact they play Kansas City. Yeah, which is, like, they can't run the ball that much if they beat the Bills and go to Kansas City. So I, I think the Bills are going to crush. Yeah. Josh Allen is a sneaky quarterback pick in that, in that pool for you. Yeah. They're, I mean, they put up 56 points on the Dolphins and 28 of them – or. I think 21 of them came with uh, Barkley, a quarterback. It was nuts. Tom, you're going to watch the Bills game? 1 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon. That's a tough ask. Oh, that's tough. I, I, I'm a Saturday worker. So we'll oh, see damn, how much I yeah. can yeah. yeah, I'll let you. I'll have to send you some text updates on Joshy. Well, the good thing, Tom, is that the next two games, when you're hopefully done from work, should be barn burners in Rams, Seahawks, uh, and the Bucks and the football team. Football team is currently getting eight and a half, and I feel like that's pretty low. I think they can uh, lose, probably. Oh, you're saying getting? I got you. Never mind. They're plus eight and a half. Plus yeah. eight and a half. Uh, now, listen, Chase Young. I've seen enough. He could wreck that game and get Washington into the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, without Young, a doubt in my Chase mind. Chase Young versus Tristan Wirfs, the big prospect ooh, 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 uh, for the Bucks. Their rookie line. Yeah, a very interesting uh, mini matchup within this game because, like you said, yeah. you know Brady likes to have that time in the pocket, maybe, you know, to be able to survey the field, all that type of stuff. Yeah, I think the Bucks are just looking too good right now. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if Mike Evans is going to play in this game. I don't even think I'm concerned about it. Bucks win, and I think the Bucks win pretty easily. He's trending towards playing, but if it's a week by week thing, and you just pick, like, I'm not picking Mike Evans this week. I can't oh, yeah. because if they go up big. Who's the first guy they're taking off the field? The guy who barely avoided catastrophic knee injury in week 17. Yeah. And that other game, the Rams just play the Seahawks so tough all the time. And they also might be starting John Wolford. Right. So that game might be unwatchable. They'll play him tough. No, yeah. Exactly. The Rams, listen, the Rams have Russell Wilson's number. And that's weird because. He's started against them under two different coaching regimes now. <laughs> yeah. So it's not even like, oh, the Rams have had – like, no. Like, Jeff Fisher was the coach when Russell Wilson first started for the Seahawks, and now it's the Sean McVay era. It's, it's, these, these two games on Saturday are super weird. Uh, I'll watch every second of them. Don't get it twisted. But uh, I really wish the Bills and the Colts were playing later than 1 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, that would be nice. Maybe we can go bowling or something. I don't know. Tom, you want to come bowling? Saturday night after you get out of work? Oh, Tom might be on mute. Was on mute. A little far away. Let out a <laughs> Okay, fine. It's only like seven hours. Too well, go bowling by yourself. And we'll FaceTime. And just text us a picture of your score. <laughs> and it's like we bowl together. I'll send you a 300. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sunday starts off with Titans-Ravens. I think, uh, I think we'll be watching that one. Uh, this this game yeah, was this one of the biggest surprises. Watch, I think, 
this weekend. Probably the biggest surprise matchup of the playoffs last year. For sure. Uh, oh, boy. I can't man. wait to see the big man. He's rolling right now. You have to play him. And no matter what format it is, you yeah. have to play Derrick Henry. Yeah. Because if they win, it's going to be because he rumbles. And by the way, the 2000, like I had the over on his rushing yards. The fact that it was even in the 100s, <laughs> I thought was so disrespectful. The bet should have been, does he get the 225 yards he needed or whatever to get to 2000 or not? And I would have bet that he did, and he did. And that's why he's a fucking legend. He's a hero, man. Ugh. Imagine being the coaches that didn't give Derrick Henry the ball like crazy early. Guys, in his career. look at Deion Lewis, and then look at Derrick Henry. They must watch these games like what? The Something about I these two do? just screams split carries. <laughs> Tom, want to shower any praise on the big man while we're on the topic? The big man is nice and big. You start him where you there got you him. go. Um, you know, I like uh, the, the the player I picked from the Ravens was actually Hollywood Brown. Five straight games. He's hot now. I picked Hollywood Brown and Derrick Henry. So even if I lose Derrick Henry in this one, at least I carry over Hollywood Brown. So uh, I really like him. Lamar has been playing so well. He like could be a league record in that league for you. Yeah, if people um, pick him instead of like Mahomes or Brady or Rodgers. And Lamar. Yeah, and, Lamar, and the Ravens go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, for sure. Look out. Well, that's why I, actually, I took Tom Brady as my quarterback. Kind yeah, of the same thing from the NFC side. Mm-hmm. Do either of you think the Bears have a chance to beat the Saints? No, I don't think so. Right? I mean, probably not. They get they, hurt. They would have to be without. Yeah, but if they do, the, Saints the Storm and Mormon. <laughs> well, it'll be. I mean, even if it might be James, the only way they stick to their guns. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's how you beat the Saints. You have to take Breeze out in the middle of the game so they stupidly go to Jameis Winston and That's, not Jason. Okay. I mean, the only way I saw it was like maybe if Kamara and Michael Thomas didn't play, but Michael Thomas practiced Wednesday. He's going to play, and Kamara can get cleared. It's just a matter of him continuing to test negative, which no news is good news on that front. Right. So Yeah, it seems like they'll play. If those guys are, are all out there, I don't see them. Uh, even the Saints defense has played well this year. The, the Bears offense is just too inconsistent. Yeah. Well, the Browns COVID outbreak. Yeah, these games are – I mean, next week's going to be so much better. So much better. Uh, But the Browns, or what's left of them, play against the Steelers on Sunday night. Uh, This might be one that you can turn off at halftime and go to bed early. The Browns coaching staff and team have been decimated with COVID. It seems like they're forging ahead unchanged with this game. Um, They should have flexed it out and put somebody else at the 815 slot. But whatever. It's be interesting if, like, you know, Patrick Mahomes gets COVID next week. You know, what would they postpone the game for him? And you know, if not, and if they they didn't postpone like, it for Lamar, right? Yeah, I guess they did postpone it for Lamar. Oh crap! They, they did. postponed it several times. Yeah, but he still didn't play because he got it. Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. But they tried for him to play. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's just interesting to see how they won't really accommodate for these teams and mm-hmm. how it affects now. Unfortunately for the Browns, they made it through the whole year pretty clean. Yeah. Now in the playoffs, they get to seemingly just lay on the sword for the Steelers. Yeah. So you have no Browns in that lineup, I'm assuming. Hell no. Weekly, I'd like Nick Chubb because he, play, he played pretty well against the Steelers no last Browns, week. No Browns, no Bears, Still no football. football teamers, and no Colts for me. What'd you say, Tom? It's even literally a tough matchup for Chubb, but you've got to project yeah. the wins to get the real points. So that's the that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Yep, and the Steelers, how do you know who to take? I mean, I would just take Deontay Johnson because I'm a homer. I took the defense. Oh, that's even better. That's a good one. It's actually a really good pick. <laughs> I mean, they were, if they're going to get anywhere. It's like a sore thumb yeah. to me. Like, yeah, exactly. I think I would have taken the Bucks just because you got to, you know, I would I would have taken the, probably the Bucks or the Saints just I'm because on Brady. you get the opportunity to get a sub-500 team. I'm big on Brady, and I'm not the guy who sits in the air and everything. Oh, he had six touchdowns in the game. He did. He did. And someone I know overcame that to win a fantasy championship. Stephon Diggs. We'll be showering praise on Alvin Kamara, Stephon Diggs, maybe even Jeff Wilson if we can fit it in on the running backs and wide receivers episodes coming next week. Tune in next week to find out which position we do next because we're not telling you. Because quite frankly, we haven't decided yet. See what we decide next. Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy the playoff games. You got any ideas for prop bets during the Super Bowl prop bet pool? Feel free to hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at RutzFF. For Tom and Scott, I'm Don. Keep scoring.